Welcome to Black Hills Influence Podcast. I am Chris, along with Brian, and we got something nice to talk to you about today. Pretty exciting one. Uh, comes from an actually a very old book uh, from Dale Carnegie, How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, I love this book. It's, I mean, it's been around a very long time. It's been remade a couple times or republished, I guess is what I should say. Right. Um, we actually had a whole class just on this book in college. Um, I recently started rereading it, uh, cause I haven't read it since school. Um, it's just an interesting book, uh, about obviously there's some old references in it. Um, but it, at the end of the day, a lot of this just makes sense. You know, it still holds true. There you go. I like that. Um, but what we wanted to talk about today is actually from chapter two of how to win friends and influence people by Dale Carnegie, uh, chapter two, the big secret of dealing with people. Um, as you go through it, the first couple pages here, it talks a little bit about how to, uh, get what you want from other people, right? Whether it be friends, family, wife, your kids, random strangers. I mean, it gives the example of uh, you could make someone want to give you his watch by sticking a revolver in his ribs, or you can make your employees give you cooperation uh, until your back is turned by threatening to fire them, right? Right. So there's different ways to, quote unquote, influence people uh, and get what you want out of them. Um, but it asks the question, what do you want, right, in your current life? right now uh and there's a whole list here of one through eight and essentially only eight only eight things that they can break it down to and i think it goes in kind of order of importance or chronological order of one through eight we'll read through this and we'll talk about it on the other side number one health and the preservation of life number two food Number three, sleep. Number four, money and the things money will buy. Number five, life in the hereafter. Number six, sexual gratification. Number seven, the well-being of our children. And finally, number eight, which is the most important on here since it is last, the feeling of importance. Um, as Chris and I kind of went through some show notes here before we started, I, I think it comes down to something similar to my God, wife, kids, work, play model of example. Number one, if you don't have your health, you don't have anything. You can't make money if you're not healthy. Yeah. You can't help your children if you're not healthy. You can't have any gratification if you're not healthy. Yeah. If you don't have your health to begin with, theoretically, you're dead. Right, so nothing else matters. Well, that's why in an airplane, if you lose air in the the cabin, mm -hmm. you have to put the air on you first. 
then whoever you're with. Yeah. You you got to be able to help yourself before you can help others sometimes. Yeah. Number one, health and the preservation of life. That is your most bare bones number one need. Number two is food, followed by number three of sleep. Again, if you don't have food, you're going to die. Right? Seems this is a necessity, almost common sense Correct. type stuff. And that's the point. Number three is sleep. Right? If you don't sleep, you're eventually just going to fall apart. Number four, money and the things money will buy. Now, again, this is a list of what do you want. There are now some, what you need. Correct. There are some people that would put money after sexual gratification, for example, just on the list here. Sure. Um, I think... A lot of people want money, obviously. Uh, Money, you know, money can't buy you happiness, but it could sure buy me a dozen donuts, and I feel pretty happy about it, Yeah, right? So money... And other things. (laughs) Money to you, number four, what do you want? Number five, life in the hereafter. This is an interesting one. Um, As you read on, it talks a little bit about legacy, Mm -hmm. right? Because a lot of people think about legacy and the you know, the things they want to leave behind, whether it be life insurance or a scholarship program or a brick. What is the great beyond? Yeah. You know, yeah, that's, that's a very interesting question. Um, We're going to get through these and then I want to talk about number eight, but six sexual gratification, um, which I think is a given, right. Of what do you want? I think, I think the most misconstrued one might be number six of sexual gratification because I'm sure there's many moments growing up where I would rather have sexual gratification than eat lunch some days. You know, let's just be honest here. You know, but that was a long time ago. Let's just be real. And tacos. And tacos, exactly. Just have sex and tacos. Sex and tacos. Uh, Number seven, the well-being of our children. Um, This is an interesting one in regards to... uh, it being at the, I don't want to say at the end of the rainbow, right? But again, you got to take care of yourself on an airplane, right? So if you can't breathe, obviously you want your kids to make it, but you won't, your kids won't make it unless you make it. So you got to right. put your own mask on first. So yeah. number seven, the well being of our children. But number eight is what we want to talk about today a feeling of importance. Um, the most interesting part of this is because you want to be, you want to get gratification, not only from your life, but from the, your the work you do, from the business you own, the business you work at, from your boss, from your spouse, yeah, from the rest of your family. You want to be validated, and I think that's probably why it's for me on on the top of that list, and. You know, to be validated. And it ties in with all of those things on the list except maybe food. Sure. And then some people get gratification. But some from people food can too. get that gratification from yeah. food. And you know, you it boosts your confidence, it boosts your self worth. Um, you know, we talked about in previous podcasts that um your self awareness is very important and you kind of fine tune that and especially looking at this list. It helps me, and it kind of puts people in a box, though, don't you think, for that list? Because what if you don't have kids? What if you're only 19 sure. years old and you don't... Yeah, as your life changes, right. your 
feeling of gratification and wanting to be appreciated will change. And I don't, I don't think at the end of the day, your need for gratification or wanting to be admired changes. I think it no. changes on where you're supposed to get. And I say supposed to as where you want to get the gratification from. Sure. Meaning 16, 17, 18, you're in high school. You want that gratification from the cute girl at school. Right. right. Or you want the gratification from your basketball coach, right? Because you want to be appreciated on the team. You know, whatever. I'm doing some work here. Yeah. You might get it from the uh, play director because you want a different role in the musical. You know, sure. I think that gratification changes. And then as you move on, even into college, I think it might change to. Uh, a high school sweetheart that you're trying to win back. It might change to your parents a little bit more because you want to show them that you're getting good grades. It might change to a significant other that you might already have and you want to impress them in the goal to court them in marriage. Right? Right. Whatever the case. And then as you move on, I'm 31. Like, I want to get my admiration almost from myself and my family, mostly my wife and kids. You know, I think it changes as you move on. You might be 65 years old and you've already kind of quote unquote conquered your career. Sure. And it moves on to wanting to get admiration from the community. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think there's different things as you go through life. Well, and I think the value of importance is you have to find it in yourself too, because you can't just base your validation off of someone's. Opinion, opinion of you. Of yep, you. I agree. You know, we all try to court our spouses, and sometimes we're not going to get validated <laughs> in washing the dishes or taking, you know, taking the trash out. Whatever, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, married life, shout out. Married life. <laughs> but you, you have to remember that a lot of this comes down to you, and you got to take care of yourself. There's an interesting part in here as you read through this uh, chapter. It's two main points here. The desire for a feeling of importance is one of the chief distinguishing differences between mankind, humans, mm -hmm. and animals. Tells a story about uh, when he was growing up, he and his family showed hogs. He grew up in Missouri. The hogs didn't care but all the ribbons it had won, how beautiful it was. It was a pig, right? All that pig cared about was laying around and eating, and then it was a pig, right? Right. But his dad was so proud and wanted to be appreciated for the blue ribbons he had won for showing said pig, right? Yeah. Pig didn't care, even though the pig is the one that won those, theoretically. But dad cared. Dad cared so much that he would show off the ribbons he had won because he wanted to get that appreciation come look at my pig exactly right but it it also goes on and this is the main point of this if you tell me how you get your feeling of importance i'll tell you what you are meaning mm -hmm. that determines your character yeah you know so if i know a lot of people that are in various stages of life um in regards to where they want to go and they still might, which is fine, still might get their gratification from things they collect, right? Which is a good thing. 
they still might get their gratification or want to get that gratification from their spouse. They still might want to get it from their parents, even though they're 45 years old. Yep. You know, I think it spans the map, the list in regards to where you get your gratification from. But in regards to how to motivate somebody, right, you have to figure out who they are first. Yes. And that's the interesting part. Not just to strike fear into them. Correct. Like we're all guilty of like, doing. We are all going to die, so you need to do this now. <laughs> that sort of thing. Or, you know, just the the fear-mongering in today's society is just ridiculous. And But what we're trying to convey is that you really got to just sit down with yourself and figure out what exactly you want, whether that be... What do you want today? What do you want in a year, five years? Or what do you want in your lifetime? Yep. And when you have that real conversation with yourself, do it in private because other people might think you're weird if you're talking to yourself, you're going to grow a lot. And you're going to be like, okay, this is what I like. This is what I want to do with my life. Yep. And you do that. And it's kind of hard for, for me especially. Like, you go to college... And you're not exactly sure what you want to do. So you yeah. do... But that's what you're told to do. So you right. just go to school. Right? So why does it have to be at college? Why does it have to be at the college level? I agree. Why can't it be at a high school level or even a middle school level? Except for those kids that, you know, bless you, by the way, that you have these parents that are like, my kid is going to be an NBA basketball star. Yeah. So we're going to, you know, as a toddler, we taught him how to dribble. That sort of thing. And they go to all the camps. and I mean, that's tough. And and who's to say that it has to be at the high school, college level for where you have that conversation with yourself? There's so many people that I know, even myself. You go to college for something in your head. You get out of college and you are doing something completely different than what you went to study for. It happens all the time. So it's never too late to have that conversation with yourself to say, this is what I like to do. This is what I want to do. This is my passion. Yep. Is it about the paycheck or is it about the passion? Because I'll tell you, if you do something that you love, regardless of what the pay is, it's going to work itself out. You'll figure it out. Yeah. You'll figure out a way to make it work. There's, I've, <sighs> Again, it's too much fear because people... In society, say, no, you have to have this. You have to have this yep. to even do anything else. Yep. And, you know, especially entrepreneurs, they're like, no, I don't. Yeah. I can figure it out. Yeah. I can work 60 hours a week doing something I love versus staying at a crummy job for 40 hours and getting a little bit better pay. I'll give you an example of myself. Sure. Right now, on average, I'm making... 30 to 50% of what I used to make, right? And I'm working 60 hours a week versus the 30 to 40 I used to work, right? Which on paper, like, what the hell are you doing, right? right. But, like you're talking about, I have so much more passion for working for myself, being self-employed, growing my own business than I did working for somebody else right and 
And it's not about it's not a money thing, but lining their pockets, right? So to say, right. Uh, I'm at a point where I'm more interested in like a long term legacy thing than I am. You have the big picture for yourself, not the company you work for. Correct. Yeah, and it's as Brian, I have a stronger desire to slowly build something. To the point where I'll make the same money I was. I'm not worried about the money. More money would be nice. Of course. I mean, let's yeah. be real here. <laughs> I mean, someone's got to pay for that nice truck. Oh, stop. <laughs> but it comes down to what I want, right? What me and my family want from a professional perspective, like you're talking about. Right. You have a lot more freedom doing what you want to do. Way more freedom. But you also have that huge bit of accountability on your on your shoulders, too. If I don't sell when I'm supposed to be selling, if I don't take care of what I'm supposed to be taking care of or service what I'm supposed to service, that client will go away, right? Which would then Which directly then affect not only my own business, but it would affect... Uh, my family from a paycheck perspective, right? It would affect my employees' families. You know, the the shit rolls downhill in that regard. Very quickly. (laughs) Very quickly. (laughs) Um, As you read through the rest of this chapter, once again, chapter two, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, um, it leads you through the idea and a couple different examples of you have to know how somebody can be inspired, so to say, right? Of there are a lot of people that are motivated by money. There's a lot of people that are motivated by appreciation. They just want to be recognized. There's what is it? Four or five different things that you can kind of be motivated by. That's what they always talk about in business school or whatever. Um, But it goes through a couple of different examples of like Al Capone, you know, which was a, he was a hell of a mafia guy, right? But he saw himself as a benefactor of the community, mm-hmm. right? So even though he was doing tons of illegal things and killing people and running money laundering schemes and whatever else he was doing, he saw himself as a public figure that was trying to better his community, so to say. Yeah. Right? But, if you are trying to motivate him to do something, which, I mean, leave the Capone example out of it, but if you are trying to motivate somebody like that to do something, you might have to convince them that they are helping the community more so than they are hurting other people. Does that make sense? Yep. To where if you didn't know that he saw himself as a public benefactor and you just went at him as, hey, you're a pile of crap criminal, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He's not going to be willing to work with you after he gets caught. Right. For example. Yep. Right. And, and it's, there's a couple of different examples here that are hilarious. And it talks about actors and Al Capone and, uh, Rockefeller, John D Rockefeller. Right. He didn't see himself as a businessman. He also saw himself as a, as a public benefactor. Right. So some of the things he did for charity and things like that, the reason why he did the things he did on the business side were to fuel and fund the things he wanted to do on the, I'll say, the charitable side. Right. Right. So that's where he got his appreciation and his own self-esteem. It's very interesting. It's 
and like, and like I said, if you put it into terms of, of who you work with, of your employees, of your coworkers, of your own family, you look at your kids, right? My two little boys are motivated by two totally different things. My older son, Henry, he is motivated by, I'm not going to say fear, but he's a, he's almost a people pleaser, right? If mom and dad are happy with me, then I'm okay, right? That's what goes through his head. Right. And gummies, right? He loves sugar. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the bribery tools. I think that's the parent in me coming out. But Noah, our younger son, he doesn't care if we're happy or not because he's living his own life. Yep. Right. So he has a whole different motivation, tool or tactic or way to go at him that you have to consider because they're not the same. Right. I'm sure your kids are the exact same way. Yep. And it's, you have to think about that when you're trying to motivate somebody else, whether it be, again, family, friends, coworkers, employees, anything. Good. <laughs> Tommy boy. Right? When he's at the restaurant and the waitress's name is Helen, he's like, oh, you look like a Helen. And he wants, to, he wants some chicken wings, but she shut the fryer off. Or the kitchen shut the fryer off. And he goes into this thing of, let me tell you why I suck, Helen. I suck as a salesperson, et cetera, et cetera, right? He leveled with her to the point where they almost felt like equals. And she's like, you know, I'm paraphrasing. I like you. I'm going to go turn those fryers back on and get you some wings, right? But he figured out that her appreciation level. How to unlock that. Yeah. Right, even though it's a, it's, I'm gonna call it a stupid movie, but I love the movie. Even though it's a stupid movie, it's brilliant in that in that case, though. Exactly, because you could literally get mostly anything you want two ways, right? As you said before, the revolver in the rib cage. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. But on the other hand, if you level with people and get on their field yeah. on their playing ground figure out what they how want. how do you have that connection to make you two equal or have some sort of kindred spirit type thing right yep. if you get to that you are more than likely going to get what you want out of that person if you level with them and that's just being truthful and honest and and like i said wanting to be at that level with them because people are more apt to help someone that's just like them. Correct. Versus Kim Kardashian <laughs> or Khloe Kardashian. You have one of the richest women in the world, yep. and they want to crowdfund something, yet they could pay for it themselves. Yeah. But she's highly relatable in some form of another trying to help people. Like, I want to help people. Help me help people by giving me $3 million. <laughs> Even though they made three billion, even though today. they just yeah, yeah, even though they just did that in thirty seconds, but that's the power of influence. That's the yeah. power of of doing these things. And reading that book is is life changing. I've learned a lot from that book, and I think when we first started talking about doing this podcast, you're like, you should read this book. Yeah, I gave you, and I already it. had. And it. You're like, I already got this. I, like, <laughs> I already right, had whatever. it. But um, yeah, it's just, it's so cool. Cause I mean, who wants to help an a-hole, right? Yeah. Like I'm better than you, but I need your money. So you see this a lot in, 
I'm going to give the example of airports, right? You go up to the counter because you missed your flight, and you're a jerk to that. F- They're not going to help you. What, a desk attendant, whatever, flight attendant. I don't know what the right word to use is for them. Those people, I guarantee you, do not get helped as much as me walking up saying, hey, listen, my name's Brian. I screwed up. I missed my flight. Is there a way where you can help me still get to where I need to go? I realize I screwed up. I realize I'm going to be late, but you're the one that can help me. Right. Mm-hmm. That's different than what the heck? The plane left without me? I was at the gate. What happened? You know, that person does not get helped as much as the first example. Yeah. To where level with somebody. And- right. And you know what, Brian? I think those. I think they're called flight managers I don't or know coordinators, right. I don't know whatever they are. Uses, yeah. That brings a very valid point because I've been on both sides of that fence. Absolutely. Of, you know, your high emotions. You're trying to get somewhere and something happens. Stress, stress whatever. level is It high. is the most stressful place yeah. and they don't get paid enough. No, I agree. They are, they are the new hostage negotiators. <laughs> they really are. Like, you are talking people off of the ledge with your computer system going, yeah. okay, I think I can move you to this seat. I'm going to have to shoot I, you through Indianapolis, but I, we'll get yeah, there. Like, yeah, like, I will redirect you, but I will get you there. Yeah. And it's like, those people, whoever you are, if you are listening, <laughs> I praise you in the highest regard because you have to figure out these big problems because people are, again, are at high emotional levels. And you have to do it in a five to 20 minute time frame. You have to figure out how to diffuse the situation that can blow up in your face and you'll have to call security or you figure it out. Like, it's good on you, really. I always talk about this to, to especially like younger. This makes me sound old as dirt. I like to talk about this to kids that come talk to me all the time. I think every kid in high school should work retail or be a waiter or waitress. Absolutely. Right? Uh, The waiter and waitress scenario forces them into that situation a little bit. Right? I think the last year or so since COVID has brought on new challenges in the restaurant service industry. Absolutely. Right? But regardless of that, being able to help people take orders, be attentive to even the pop that needs refilled, right? I think that teaches a unique set of skills in a high-speed environment of a restaurant that's important. Well, yeah. I think either, you know, again, I've worked retail. Yeah. and It's a whole different ballgame, but it teaches a unique set of skills. And I feel like a, a lot of that, too, is you have to be in somewhat of the service industry, wherever yeah, that is. Yeah. Um, as a restaurant, I feel like it's almost like every kid's thing that they go to McDonald's or they yeah. go to wherever, Whatever. right? And working a drive-through, <laughs> oh, You're, look, man, I'll tell you something. Look, man, my family owned a restaurant in Marshall, Minnesota, hmm. a fast food restaurant. I didn't know that. Yeah. So when I was a kid, we would go take these trips to like check on the store or whatever. Sure. Yeah. And I would help out. In the store. In, in, the, the, re- in the restaurant. In this restaurant, this fast food yeah. restaurant, where it's a college town. Yeah. College kids want to eat, and they want to eat fast. Yeah. 
And they want it now. And it lines up. Sure. Very quickly. And it the lines are long, always. So, like, that lunch rush from 11 to 2 Awful. is terrible. <laughs> Granted, I was maybe, like, 13, 14 years old, and yeah. all I could really do was kind of take the order, because I had the fun, awesome headset, because yeah. that was the coolest thing ever, yeah. right? Have the headset, plugging the order, and getting the drinks. I think I aged, like, by 20 years. <laughs> This is so stressful. I'm like, Diet Coke. I need yeah. a Diet Coke. For the love of Jesus. Somebody give me like, a Diet what Coke. What happens if the ice isn't working? What happens if yeah. the syrup's off? Whatever. Like, you There's start freaking out. a lot going out. on. And then you think big picture, right? It's a restaurant. If they're angry, you just give them another thing. Yeah, right? whatever. Yeah. I mean, it's a, like the, the cost to be like, okay, yeah, I'll get you a different yeah, thing of food. Yeah. Okay, it's fine. That... You don't think of that when you're in that moment. Oh, yeah. Because you're like, I screwed up their Diet Coke. It was supposed to be a large, and yeah. I gave them a small. What do I do? What do I do? Like, yeah. Because well, at then, 13, that seems like $1,000. Absolutely. You're, you you're not saying? paying for it. Yeah. So it's like, oh, God. crap. What do I do? Know? But And I've also worked retail during Black Friday. Oh. <laughs> do you want to you talk about a glutton for punishment? I'll tell you. What a terrible it is idea. terrible. I've done it for too. Back when Shopco was Pomida. I mean, I I want to, I think a cool documentary would be people that work at Walmart and Target on Black Friday and put GoPros on them and just see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and just wait and watch. And what? just watch. It's like a live camera show. Oh my gosh. It would be terrible. It's, I, I truly believe that uh, all... I'll say kids, right? Need to work retail or wait some sort of service. Absolutely. Yep. Because I think it teaches you at a very young age uh, how to appreciate those in every industry moving forward. Yep. Um, Some good life skills. I, to this day, my wife and I went out to dinner last week. I can't remember. Doesn't matter. uh, At a place up in Keystone. And it's during the rally, so it's busy, right? Why and, would you do that? Well, man? I don't know. We sat down. Our waitress was awesome. But I quickly I quickly wanted to tell her, hey, listen, we're cool. Take a breath. You know it's what I'm fine. saying? Like, we're cool, right? We're good. If, yeah. if my Mountain Dew goes low, it's okay. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I know you got 15 other tables. That's exaggerating. But that you need to take care of, we're cool. We're not one of them. You need to like correct. You know, hover. I did over. the same thing uh, at a lunch appointment uh, a couple weeks ago at Old Chicago. I just opened up here in Rapid Oh, City. how was it? Very good. Um, and it wasn't busy, which was interesting for a lunch. I thought it was going to be packed. Yeah. Right. Anyway, uh, I kind of leveled with her. Right. Like we're talking about. Hey, restaurants only been open what a month now. Whatever. I said, how are things going? How busy have you been? And she, you know, she's like, oh, it's going okay. I, you know, I've been here since day one. Everything's going well. I said, how busy are you today? She goes, well, I've been here about an hour. You guys are like my fourth or fifth table. I only have like three tables right now. And I said, okay, listen, I don't know if a lunch rush is coming. This was like 1130, but we're cool. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Just leveling with her that, because I understand. I've been yeah. there. You know what I mean? Used to wait tables. It's can be awful. 
especially mm-hmm. during the rally. I mean, I've never waited tables during the rally because it wasn't here, but you see my point. Yeah. Of There's a rally in Nebraska? There's a, <laughs> in Iowa, you jerk. Iowa? Uh, I just, I try and level with people, right? Yeah. Exactly what we were talking about in regards to figuring out, because in, in me doing that, I think I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to do is appreciate who they are. Yeah. Trying to show them appreciation. I'm trying to level right. with them. To it's the okay. Point. You don't have to be on full guard. Correct. Here. Yeah. You're, you're, you're safe here. It's yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I truly believe that every time I do that, uh, me and whoever I'm with and me and, you know, the group, whatever the case may be, I think we get better service. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think... Again, you're helping them out, so they, in turn, will want to help exactly. you out. Does that make sense? Yep. And that's why I do it. And it's the same thing. Our house right now is getting all new roofing and siding. And every time I talk to the sales guy, I said, listen, we'll be the easiest client you have all year. Just tell me what's going on. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go down to every nail head and make sure they're sunk and caulked correctly. It's it's fine. Because I've been in the construction world too. Right? But this came to an ugly head yesterday. We had a problem with a door handle. And I can't... Door handle was broke. Right? So, unfortunately, uh, one of the Hispanic guys couldn't, in English, really tell me what was wrong with it. He just said, hey, no work. Need a new one. And I'm like... What's wrong with it? And like an idiot, I tried to ask him, "Hey, what's wrong? You know, did it break?" Or he's, you didn't. You didn't have to press two for Spanish. Well, or? I should have. I actually, I thought about this later. I should have got my translate. phone on and did translate. But so anyway, he just said, "Hey, no work. Got to replace it." And I'm like, "Damn it! I don't know what happened, but whatever. Fine. You know what I mean? Could be a number of reasons. Could be a number of reasons. Could have got broke when it was taken apart and put the new door in. It could just be a bad handle." It, it, I was like, damn it, now I got to take this door handle to the lock shop because I have zero interest in changing the locks on the whole house because one garage Because of door. one door. Does that make sense? Yep. So I ended up calling the project manager, and he didn't know what the hell I was talking about. Called the sales guy. He didn't know what I was talking about because I didn't know what was wrong with the door handle. Put a new door in. Is there any way that the door handle doesn't fit the new door? You know, maybe there's nothing wrong with the door handle. Right. I don't know. Took four phone calls to figure this out. But the problem was, I didn't get clear communication from the start. Yep. Right? And that's where it all kind of went wrong. Not saying I didn't feel appreciated, but damn it, tell me what's actually going on. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Well, get get out your fromers and uh, (sighs) learn how to translate. The point is... Level with people. Level with people. Figure out... I, I always put things into like a sales team perspective, right? Or a boss perspective. You have to figure out how somebody wants to be appreciated before you can accurately motivate them to do something you want. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think at the end of the day, that's the whole point of this. Because if you have a sales team, you might have eight different people on the sales team, right? And there might be four or five different motivations among the eight people. You don't know that until you can establish some sort of relationship with every single one of them. Yep. Same thing with your family. Same thing with your co-workers. Because you don't have to be a leader to lead. That's right. Um, 
it's you have to figure that out first. It has to take some work. Yes, it might be uncomfortable because you might not want to get to know your employees, which sounds terrible, but it happens every day. You might not want to get to know your employees. You might not want to get to know your coworkers. I hope you want to get to know your family. Uh, we're gonna, nope. We're going to finish this <laughs> with a quote at the end of this chapter, too. Every man I meet is my superior in some way. In that, I learn of him. Right? So, going into any relationship, you need to see yourself as either level with that person or technically below them. Because you want to get to know what makes them tick. And once you know what makes them tick, you can motivate them to do things you want to. Be humble or you will be humbled. Thank you, Tom Johnson. Yeah, no kidding. I love that one. That was good. Anyway, that's all we got for today. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen this morning, this afternoon, tonight. Uh, Wish you nothing but a profitable day, and we'll see you next time. Make it great. See ya. (laughs) 